1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Feng Shui with Christina Hollinger. I am so glad you are here. And if this is your first time joining, welcome, welcome, welcome. This show is all about how to expand your manifesting toolbox. So even though I always start each episode, at least in season two, I always start with a little bit of Feng Shui. We also get into all sorts of other modalities and ways to expand your consciousness and really expand all areas of your life. If you're not familiar, the Bagua map has nine areas of life and all of those areas can be targeted and there's so many ways to support everything it is that you want and everything it is that you desire. So whether it's that you're looking for a relationship that makes you feel more secure or a relationship where you feel valued seen and cherished, or perhaps you're looking to expand your financial situation. You want to have more money in the bank. You want to have a career that not only feels fulfilling, but also is monetarily rewarding. I mean, these are all things that feng shui can help with. And that's really what I want to focus on today with a little bit of feng shui. We're going to get into what you can do to get the momentum going, to attract these desires, to get your manifestations in motion, and ultimately, how can you keep your manifestations in motion? The theme today is how home repairs actually are telling you a story. And your home is going to help you to identify what areas need a little extra TLC so that you can step into those big manifestations that you so desire. Before I get into a little bit of feng shui, I really want to introduce to you Olivia De Janeiro. She is our guest today and if you've been listening to the show for any amount of time, you know how much I love my astrologers. I love getting my chart read and I love staying in tune with what the universal energy is. What is it that we are experiencing as a collective? So hopefully you are listening to this live because this is a two-parter. Olivia is helping us plan the holidays by the planets. We are heading into holiday season. It's, it's here. I mean, we're going into Thanksgiving and before you know it, you blink and it's Christmas and we are in the season. And the planets have a lot going on, including on t- Tuesday, November 8th, there is a full moon eclipse in Taurus. This is huge because in the United States, this is election day. The polls are open and eclipses, although common, they have unique flavors depending on, you know, what signs the eclipse are in. Eclipse is in. So I'll let Olivia take that on and like explain to you what the flavor of this eclipse is, how you can not only survive this season, but thrive during this season. It's intense. The energy that we are feeling right now is intense. It's very much clearing away things that no longer serve you. You might feel a rebirth, and sometimes that rebirth is uncomfortable. And yet it's for your highest elevation, your highest evolution. And so I promise you that whatever you're going through this week is for your highest and greatest good, but it can sometimes feel uncomfortable, even painful. And I'm not wishing that upon anyone, but I hope that today's episode is really going to help bring light to like all the feels you're feeling and what's going on in the skies and why you might be feeling certain ways. So super, super valuable. And it's a two-parter because then next week we get into Mars retrograde and Mars is going to be retrograde until January 12th. So there was so much goodness in this episode that we did have to split up into two parts, but you're going to get a lot of guidance on the eclipse season today. And then next week we'll get into Mars retrograde and really what the theme of the end of 2022 is for us as a collective, according to the planets. So as I promised, I'm going to be sharing a little bit of a personal testimonial and story with you. Last week, I featured the home office and kitchen updates that I did with interior designer Allison Ruda. Her and I made a little magic by integrating interior design with feng shui. So many things manifested as a result of my home office updates and my kitchen updates. First of all, within six months of renovating our home office, my husband got a promotion. Our home office was featured on HGTV, which was not expected. It was just so magical that it was featured on HGTV.com to be specific. And a lot has really manifested in my personal feng shui business. Um, As soon as we updated the home office and wealth area and fame and reputation area, I was featured on HGTV, Windy City Rehab. My feng shui business tripled in size. And all of this was truly a result of intentional design. But here's the deal. That was in 2020 when we did these updates. And we live in a 3D world. What do I even mean by that? What I'm trying to say is we are living a life of imperfection. So no matter how perfect we can try to curate our space. And if you saw any of the photos that I shared throughout the week of our kitchen and office updates, they looked magical and perfect, but we live in a 3d world where life is always happening. Life is always evolving. And so this is why feng shui and even design is just never a one and done because as our life goes on and as we continue to grow and evolve, so too do our needs, our desires and our life and imperfections show up. So I've been doing this segment a lot on my social media, like Instagram versus reality, right? Because it's so easy to show the highlight reel of our lives. But at the end of the day, we're all going through it. And what I love about feng shui is it's giving you the tools to address the discomfort, the growth, and the change. So simple examples. One thing that happened since the kitchen renovation is the waterfall island that has this beautiful white quartz countertop chipped. And there's another piece of our countertop that chipped. And it's literally one of those things that like, we don't even know. We, we think maybe a cleaning service did the first one. And we think maybe when we were unloading groceries, the other chip happened. I don't even know. I don't think we noticed it at the moment that it happened, but both of these chips happen to be in our wealth area. And I was really discouraged because you saw the pictures. I mean, we put so much energy and effort into making our kitchen be this beautiful sanctuary. It's very light and airy and it feels so good, but it's not picture perfect anymore. We have chips in our countertop and it feels so imperfect and I felt so out of control over it. I was very disappointed and I didn't think there was any way to fix it but guess what? There is. I actually reached out to the company, an amazing company that did our granite and our quartz, whatever it is. And they're coming out to fix it next week, which is amazing. But my point of telling you this story is imperfections in our home are going to happen because we live in a 3d world and that is life, but it doesn't mean we have to just accept them for what they are. We can make changes in our environment and try to make it better. Ignoring the chip in the waterfall Island wasn't serving me. It was just causing me more anxiousness and stress. Every time I looked at it, I felt defeated, but I'm going to tell you right now, the second I made that phone call and scheduled an appointment to have them come out and fix the countertops, I literally got a a message, a text message from the car dealership saying, Hey, we have a thousand dollar check for you. They accidentally sent it to the dealership. You want me to forward it to you? I was like, yes, please. This stuff happens. I cannot even tell you. I can't even believe I'm telling you this right now, but it's just like, that's the kind of stuff that i hear all the time from my one-on-one clients, from my private group members, like you make a small adjustment, even step in the right direction and the universe responds almost instantly. It's possible. Another thing that happened is um the beautiful teal wall in our office got a chip on it as well. So like this big chip came out of the teal paint. So it looks like this big white blob right behind where i sit. Record this podcast, and right behind where my husband sits and works from this office space, and again, we're we're in the wealth area. I'm like all these all these nicks and chips in our wealth area. Like, what is happening? So I realized that I needed to address it instead of stewing over it. And I just touched up the paint, and I already feel a million times better. And again, what I'll say is like. I was so stressed out over seeing such a beautiful space, something that we invested so much time and energy in. I hired an interior designer to work with me. I mean, that's in an, in a, in and of itself, that's a huge investment. Right. Um, and so to see your perfect design or home get quote unquote ruined is disappointing, but I just am here to share with you. Like that's, The reality of life. So once you feng shui your bedroom or your office or your kitchen, it's not going to just be the end all be all for the next 20 years. Like home maintenance matters and it makes a huge difference. And what I'll say about repairing the paint chip in my husband's office and my home office is my husband literally got like he he gets commission every month because he's in sales, but his check for his commission was like triple what it normally is. I swear to you. Cannot make this stuff up. And I I don't say this to brag, like please, cuz you do know I'm in public education. So it's not like, you know, I I say this because like the universe responds in such creative ways. And what I'm trying to say to you is that you can access abundance. miracles through feng shui. It's not just special for me or, you know, my husband, it's for everyone. That's why I'm here teaching you this, sharing this with you. So if you have a repair in any area of your home, I really like, like to look at the bagel map and think what area of my life needs more tending to more TLC. Final one I'll share. This just happened this week is one of the light bulbs next to our garage went out. Now I always keep light bulbs, a few extra light bulbs on hand because there's nothing worse to me than having a light bulb go out. And then I can't fix it immediately because for me, when a light bulb goes out, something makes me, it, it's a symbol that I'm feeling burnt out in that area of life. So the interesting thing about this light bulb was that it's in, it was in the helpful people travel space, which is the front right area of your home and helpful people travel represents the male energy of the household. So it could mean that like the man of the house, if the light bulb goes out, he might be feeling burnt out. He might be feeling stressed, have a short fuse. He might be needing some extra support energetically. So (laughs) this was an important light bulb to fix. And so whenever I fix any light bulbs or do any kind of home repairs, I always do it with my intention to support that area of life. And of course, you know, helpful people travel influences your wealth too. It's all about connections that you make and helpful people that are in your life to be there for you. So people tend to find this topic really fascinating. I know I did a few TikToks on this, and I got a lot of messages from people asking, like, "My washer dryer's out. What does that mean? My my microwave hasn't been working for years. What does that mean?" And so, just in general, what I would like to share with you for you to leave with is just like, pay attention to your home repairs. You could even make a list of all the squeaky doors and cracks and all the different things that are happening in your home. And it's okay. Making the list is the first step. Don't get overwhelmed by all that you need to do, but just take it one thing at a time. Do the low hanging fruit stuff. Like if it's a light bulb that needs to be changed and that's an easy fix, right? Like do the easy stuff first. And what I would say is to help you understand the story that your home's telling you is you can decode areas of your life that need more support by looking at areas of your home that need more support. And fixing. And this reminds me of one other story. Oh my gosh. I feel like this was also why the money started to flow in. And I forgot to tell you, I really wanted to share this with you. Um, there was a situation where our dog, our puppy sleeps in a cage upstairs in our bedroom. And Andy had been carrying this cage upstairs every single night. And it was such a to-do because the cage was pretty heavy, to be honest. It's for a 70 pound dog because she likes to stretch out in it. Um, So it's a pretty big cage. And at one point, Andy was like, I'm done with this. I don't want to carry it up and down. So he, he put together like a little crate area for her. But here was the issue that I had with it. When you opened up our bedroom door, the door hit the crate that he created. So it couldn't open fully. And in feng shui, if your door doesn't open all the way because something's blocking it, that represents blocks in your life. So like how this could manifest in real life is like, you feel like you have to work twice as hard just to get. The same results as someone else, or you just feel like there's a lot of obstacles to get to where you want to be. So to remove obstacles, you literally remove the furniture behind the door at all costs. That's what you need to do to clear the space. So I told my husband, I said, this is not going to work. You're going to want to change that. And he kind of was like, I don't want to spend $60 on a new cage, blah, blah, blah. I will tell you a couple things happened to him personally in the week by the following week, he was, you know, telling me to go to the pet store and pick up a new cage <laughs> that would fit behind the door. So I did. And i um, happy to report our door opens completely and fully. And again, I know that this is going to open up more opportunities for Andy and it's going to ease his path. And of course ease mine because that's my bedroom too. And, you know, this came up, I, I did a private group consultation call today. So what I do with my private group members is like, we get together and they submit questions to dilemmas they have, or they even can share their floor plan and get feedback on like how to lay the bagel map on their floor plan, especially some of those complicated ones. And it was funny because today a lot of my group members had this worry because they were like, I really believe in feng shui and I want my family to benefit from feng shui, but they don't believe in it. And they always are messing up my stuff. <laughs> and so the interesting thing about this is well, I, I just wanted to, I know I'm kind of like just going off on a tangent with this, but I don't know. I feel like someone needs to hear this today. If you're doing feng shui adjustments and no one else around you believes in it, that's okay. Your job is not to make anyone else believe in it. In fact, you can set your intention for anyone in your family, whether they live with you or not. So grown children, extended family members, you can set your intention to support them or to have a better, more peaceful relationship with them. And they don't have to partake in it. And they don't even have to know. It's okay. It's okay that not everyone is going to do what you want to do with feng shui. And I also reminded my private group members today that your job is to set your intention and do the feng shui adjustment. And that's it. Then it's your job to let it go and trust that the universe is going to fill in the details. The universe is going to provide you with creative solutions to your problems or whatever it is that you desire. So when you're fixing your light bulb or touching up some chipped paint or fixing a squeaky door, whatever it is that you're repairing this week, do it with intention to repair that area of your life and then trust in miracles. They will come, they will unfold in perfect timing. I promise you that. So if you love having me as a little bit of a manifest and coach or guide, and you want to go a little deeper, this is the last call to sign up for my manifesting with feng shui masterclass. It's a live masterclass on Friday, 11, 11, and then you get instant access to the replay for life. So if you attend live, you still get the replay for life. And if you can't make it live, you can watch it. And ultimately I'm giving you the secret sauce to all the things that I do from day to day, from month to month and year to year to get my manifestations in motion and to keep them in motion. So back to those desires, whether it's that you want to have a relationship where you feel seen, valued, and cherished, or you desire to make more money more money in your job, or you're open to creative ways for more money to flow into your life in your pocketbook so you can take better care of yourself and your family, or maybe you just desire more peace, harmony, joy, freedom, and just feeling more grounded in your life. Anything is possible with Feng Shui, and I'm here to share with you what has worked for me for over a decade this is a one-time masterclass called Manifesting with Feng Shui. I'll put the link in the show notes. And like I said, it's the last call to sign up. So with, for, without further ado, I'm going to hand you over to Olivia De Janeiro. She is the spiritual journalist. Her story is fascinating. She is a news reporter turned professional astrologer. So I absolutely love her story and she's going to help you get through this week, get through the full moon eclipse and not only get through it, but thrive through it. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed this interview. And if you feel called to, I invite you to leave a review, especially if you're listening on Apple podcasts, you can click write a review. One or two sentences of honest feedback is always greatly appreciated. Thanks again and enjoy the show. Hi, Olivia. Welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. How are you?
2: I am so happy to be here and I am doing well. We're in Scorpio season, so things can be a little intense, but aside <laughs> from that, doing well.
1: <laughs> That's interesting you say that because you've read my chart before, actually. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you've it memorized, but I am a south node Scorpio. So part of me feels super comfortable in the Scorpio energy. Like I feel really good about it. I love being in that south node comfort zone, if you know what I mean. So oh, totally. Me.
2: I know people often overlook the south node, but I always say the south node is where you feel most comfortable or the people you feel most comfortable around because you've probably lived your past lives as a Scorpio. You know, so you're you're good in this Scorpio energy. Yeah, and it's like it's super
1: mystical and so it's almost the perfect time to be talking about this topic of astrology in particular. But before we go into that, oh my gosh, we have so much good stuff to talk about. You're <laughs> going to help us get through the rest of 2022, get through the holiday season, you know, when you know what to expect, it, it you can't always avoid all of the challenges, but when you know what's ahead, it helps you at least to prepare. And when things show up in your life, you can identify like, oh, I understand why something is happening. So you're going to kind of help us with that. But first, you know, I think your story is fascinating (laughs) and I would love to hear how did you go from being a news reporter to now doing what you're doing amazingly, which is being an astrologer and a producer of your own astrology daily show and all of the things you're doing
2: now. That's a great question, and it is so wild because it's been about a year now since I left my job at a local news station here in Sacramento, and I always believe in divine timing, right? It's kind of wild that we're having this conversation because I have been reflecting a lot on just how much has changed in the past year. Um, But being a news reporter or a news anchor, it wasn't like my childhood dream, but once I found it... In middle school, I I dabbled in it a little bit, you know, in our school media program. And then I went to college at Cal Poly, and you have to declare your major uh, when you apply there. They have what's called a backwards curriculum. So you start in your major classes right away, which is awesome. I love it. Um, So right when I got there, I knew I loved to write. I knew I loved speaking. I've been talking since, you know, forever. (laughs) I've been super talkative. And once I got there and got into the classes, I just fell in love. I immediately started volunteering at the campus news station and, you know, I just, I couldn't get enough of it. And so it felt instantly like a yes. And it's so funny, you know, talking about going from this very practical career where you're talking about facts and there's really no, um, you know, intuition or emotion that's supposed to be infused into journalism to like this very intuitive career Uh, it's funny to look back and see how my intuition has guided me all along.
0: Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy With Sound,
2: you know, the moment I went onto the Cal Poly campus, it was just this feeling of ease. And I didn't understand what that was then. But now I can recognize points in my life where I'm like, oh, this just feels good. So the universe spirit really like led me into journalism. And now I can see that it's been so helpful for what I'm doing now. But, you know, I was in news for Over seven years, I started as a producer in San Luis Obispo at a local news station there. Then I moved to Reno and got an on-air job and uh, made my way up the ranks there. And then Sacramento is my home. So it was always my dream to get back home to Sacramento. I got a job at a news station here on the morning show and did it for three and a half years. And the first- two and a half years or two years. It was like totally my dream job. I was super, super happy. Um, Despite waking up at 2 a.m., I loved the shift. I met my now partner. He was a photographer. So very much supposed to be there, supposed to happen. And to be completely honest, like so many people, when the pandemic hit, a lot changed. You know, just my perspective on a lot of things changed. And You know, we were working remotely, so I wasn't going into the station. Um, And it got to a point, I think all of us felt this at a certain point, like the news feels the same every single day. You know, schools are opening, schools are closing, vaccine clinics, testing clinics. And it was just this repetition where I was just doing the same stories over and over again and really not feeling challenged anymore or excited anymore anymore. Um, and then it got to a point where I was like I could do this job in my sleep literally even the hard news stories crime stories. It just became second nature and I'm someone who like needs to be challenged and needs to be excited so I was just feeling I was honestly going through like a dark night of the soul, you know, in the middle of COVID a lot of stuff was coming up personally, and I just really knew that I needed to make a change. and my intuition led me, I'd been studying astrology. I'd been into astrology um, really heavily since I moved back to Sacramento. So it'd been a few years that I'd been going deeper and deeper just into my own understanding, but I was following the holistic psychologist who I love and highly recommend. And I'd been listening to her podcast, going through my own healing journey. And I'm driving myself everywhere, you know, around the Sacramento area because we were working remotely. So I had a lot of time to think. And I thought, oh, I love that name, the holistic psychologist. You just get it. You get what she does. And I thought, I, that's just genius. Like, I I feel like I always want to identify as a journalist. I, even in astrology and these mystical, you know, careers that we have, I I love being the middleman. I love being the person that connects someone else with information. And on my own spiritual journey and my own dark night of the soul, you know, I started listening to other spiritual podcasts, a lot about manifestation. I think that's a lot of how people get into all of this stuff is trying to manifest something. And I noticed that there were a lot of people out there who were just really cut and dry. Like, this is how you manifest. This is how it works. And the journalist in me was like, well, why? Like, why do you believe that? I need to know the why. I need to understand how you got to that conclusion. So, um, you know, I just, I loved the idea of being a journalist, still having that in the name, but I had been diving into spirituality and I thought, oh, the holistic psychologist, I could be the spiritual journalist so that's kind of where the name came from, and then I got another intuitive hit to start tracking the daily astrology transits, because I knew how to read charts and things, but I noticed there wasn't a really, other than just reading your horoscope, I wanted to know, again, why my horoscope said what it said. So I started tracking the transits, I got an intuitive hit to, like, tweet them every day, I started tweeting them to basically be a daily study of learning them, um, And ironically, also, I was filling in on weather at the local news station, and I realized I really loved being a talkative person. As you can tell right now, I love just being able to talk, you know, and not have a script and just be myself. And because the weather people, you're just looking at the graphics. You don't have a script you're following. And I was like, it'd be so cool to do this with astrology. And a few times, you know, my anchors would say like, oh, there's a full moon tonight. What does that mean? And I was really hesitant because I was like, I don't want to get in trouble. You know, this isn't really like news. Um, So everything kind of unfolded. And I thought, I want to do a daily forecast like the weather, but the astrological weather, the cosmic weather. And so tweeting every day was my way of getting comfortable enough and almost memorizing the transit. So I am able now to talk off the cuff about it. So it was a lot of little things that just fell into place. And Now more things have fallen into place over the past year, but essentially that is how I left news and, you know, without getting into the dirty details of everything, there were a lot of other things along the way that the universe was just kind of pushing me out the door. Like, this is not where you want to be anymore. So yeah.
1: I absolutely love how you followed your intuition because I think that that is what sets you apart from other astrologers. Like when I listen to your reports and I tune into what you're doing, it's so interesting because you are literally a news reporter for astrology. And I think that that is so special. I think that we're ready for that, that the world needs that. And I don't know, has anyone ever compared this with like, have you ever heard the story about how Oprah used to be a news reporter and she was kind of this in a similar situation as you where like, she was reporting the news and she just felt like something was off and she always wanted to be like Barbara Walters, but she didn't, she realized that like she would be a better Oprah than a Barbara Walters. And that's when she left the news followed her intuition, started a talk show. And obviously we know how that ended up for her. So I just think like, yes, you're doing something a little bit different than what Oprah did, but it's kind of like that, like similar story of like, you felt the nudge and you went with it.
2: It's interesting too. And I I totally resonate with Oprah's story in that way. You know, she has such a gift. Oprah of connecting with people, and I love talking with people. That was always my favorite part of my job was interviewing people, and so that's why I do weekly conversations as well because I think there's so much value in just having deep conversations too. I love that about Oprah, and I I totally love that she started in news too, and probably faced a lot more barriers than I did, especially when she was in news. But um, yeah, like you said, look how it turned out for her and of course, I think Oprah is an Aquarius, but obviously has a very heightened intuition and follows her intuition. And that was something too, where I realized like I got into news to help people. I really wanted to be of service and tell people's stories and just the way the news model has kind of become a machine, you know, news and journalism in the United States did not start as a money-making a profit-making entity it was strictly about spreading information and with our capitalistic society now ratings are important ad space is important there are a lot more factors and i think the pure purpose of news has really kind of gotten i don't want to say watered down but um you know it's just gotten wrapped up in in money And I just didn't feel like I was really helping people to the best of my ability anymore. And now, with the daily live streams that I do, you know, I have a handful of people who come every day. And It's really beautiful to just hold this container where, yes, we're talking about the astrology transits, but a lot of times I'm like, how are you feeling? And people will just write out, you know, I'm feeling really heavy today, or I'm definitely feeling this transit today. And there's so much power in just giving people the space to express their emotions and this safe space where they don't have to say it face to face, just writing it out almost like just a little mini catharsis every day, or now people that are regulars, you know, will support each other in the comments and say like, sending you love, sending you hugs, are so excited for you. So it's really been this community that started and it's it's truly such an honor to hold space for people in that way. And it feels like what I always wanted to get out of news, this like deeper connection with people. And I always, I thought too, you know, how cool would it be if, of course this would be really messy, but if you could watch your local news and people could be like in real time commenting on what's happening, you know, and That's not what news is for. It's not for commentary, but I just think it would be so interesting for people to feel more involved and connected to their local news anchors and reporters.
1: Oh, I love it. And I think we have to like tell the listeners that like you are a Virgo. And I think that's so interesting (laughs) because I actually had um, another astrologer on the show his name's graham breitenstein who's the drunk astrologer um or he founded drunk astrology i should say and he's also a virgo and i just think it's so interesting because when i think about virgos i think about like you know um in a sense i could see like why you liked being a journal like a news broadcaster for a little while because it's like a very like organized way of approach and everything. And when I think about astrology, sometimes I think, well, that's like very mystical. And it kind of is interesting to me, like what is in your chart that really lends itself towards this, this, um, intuition and, and there is a science behind astrology. I'll say that (laughs) though. What do you think it is?
2: Well, for starters, I have a Scorpio moon and my Scorpio moon is at zero degrees. So I always love to tell people like, my soul literally waited until the moment the moon moved into Scorpio within like a 20-minute period. If I would have been born 20 minutes earlier, I would have had a Libra moon. So I feel like my soul like really has always been drawn to this kind of deeper um energy. And I love like intimate deep conversations with people. So I think right off the bat, definitely that plays a factor, but it's interesting that you say that, um, you know, because yeah, I am totally, I'm a Virgo sun, Virgo rising. I love the organization of news and I've really been able to take a lot of the skills I learned and apply them to what I'm doing now. But there is, there there is this component of me that, again, like wants to go deeper. And when I started the live stream, one of my aunts was watching and she's like, I get it. I get the transits every day. I get, you know, logically what you're doing, but I always do a card poll, an Oracle card poll or a tarot card poll at the end of every live stream. And she said, I just, I don't get why you include that. And she's um, Christian, you know, or, or Catholic, she's pretty religious. And I said, Yeah, the the transits are all science. That's all fact. Like these are literally the aspects, the planets, the angles the planets are making in the sky to each other from our vantage point here on Earth. But the card pull is all God. That's all spirit, you know? And a lot of times the card pull will unlock something that's like, Mm. oh, this is how we go deeper here. This is how we get to the next level. And so, you know, I've just really been able to not only lean into my Scorpio moon, but my North node is in Sagittarius. And that for me was really what unlocked a desire and a deeper understanding of astrology, learning about my North node, um, which, you know, Sagittarius energy, it's definitely fun and expansive, but it's very philosophical and adventurous and all about higher learning. And, um, yeah, I think just leaning into those placements and understanding those placements about myself and going through my own spiritual journey, you know, I, I feel just a much deeper connection, especially over the past year and, and having this space and doing these live streams and having these conversations I'm having to my guides, my angels, to spirit, you know, other energies. um, And so, yeah, I think understanding myself, understanding my chart has kind of allowed me to Open up my very practical Virgo mind to what is beyond. You know what else is out there, and trusting deeper in my connection to to the universe.
1: I love that. So two things I have to say, and you probably already know this. It's kind of like how dare I tell this to the astrologer? But <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, one thing I know about the Sagittarius North Node is my friends, our friends, really, the Astro Twins are both. Sagittarius of course they're twins and what I learned about them is that they Sagittarius love to be in the media so they are actually naturals at being like on tv having podcasts or doing anything they even just like uh we're on a new show called cosmic love on amazon prime video here you are with your sagittarius north node going on tv as a news reporter and now producing your own spiritual journalist live stream every single day which seriously you guys have to watch this it's so professional it's so amazing but (laughs) like that you're 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 really leaning into your life purpose every time you step in front of that microphone or the tv i feel like in front of the camera maybe i'm off but it just seems like that
2: (laughs) you're spot on because sagittarius on a very basic level rules, we'll publishing, you know, um, like teaching, putting yourself out there. Whereas when we talk about the North node, you have to talk about the South node and the opposite sign. And my South node is in Gemini. So I literally came into this world wanting to like talk and have conversations. Gemini is all about communication and learning. And I've always just been like a sponge and that comes very naturally to me. I love I love having conversations with Geminis because we can just like bounce around from topic to topic, never stop talking, you know. But my learning about my Sagittarius North node really was just a huge permission slip to take it up a notch and to kind of like put myself out there, be more adventurous, be more spontaneous, travel, be free, have fun. And being such a Virgo person released a lot of control and just trust in whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And you know, my mom is a Sagittarius. So I've, I'm very, very familiar with Sagittarius energy. And I've always, you know, that's something astrology has done for me too. I've always been like, Oh gosh, like, why is she the way she is? Like, she's so loud. She's so much And learning and seeing her chart, I'm like, oh, this is just part of you. And then learning that my purpose is to be more like her, I'm like, (laughs) oh, God. (laughs) But also, again, just this permission, like that is part of me too. And I don't have to be this buttoned up Virgo version of myself all the time. I can let loose and, you know, have a live stream where I'm just speaking off the cuff and I don't have to be on script or know exactly what I'm going to say all the time. Oh,
1: I love that aspect. Yeah. And so for like anyone who's kind of like newer to astrology, that Sagittarius sign is a fire sign. So kind of like you've got your Leo, your Sagittarius, and what's the other fire sign? and Aries. Aries. Oh yeah. That's my daughter. She's a fiery (laughs) Aries and my son is a fire Leo. So I've got two fire sign kids, but I I'm an air sign personally when it comes to my son's sign. And I, I love, fire signs. So I just feel like we just (laughs) jive really well, but okay. So let's, you know, there's a, we could talk all day. Let's get into a little bit of what's happening in the skies because I called up Olivia and said, please come on my podcast and please help my listeners get through the holidays. And I didn't even know what I was asking for at that point in time. But then like, as we got closer to the, this conversation, I started seeing things pop up in my newsfeed about eclipse season and all of these things that are happening. And it's not about being all like doom and gloom by any means, but it's about let's be familiar with the cosmic universal energy anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a while knows like in feng shui we focus on three different types of energy to help support us we've got our personal energy so how our energy interacts with other people's and how it's influenced by others uh we look at the environmental energy so how our immediate surroundings affect us and influence us. So our home and our workspaces. And then the third type of energy we look at is that cosmic universal energy that impacts all of us collectively. So I'm going to turn it over to you and like, please let us know what is the best way to feel grounded, balanced, harmonious, (laughs) and joyful during the holiday seasons. Is it going to even be possible for us?
2: It is absolutely going to be pos- possible. And I love how you said, How can we feel harmonious as a Libra? Like, that is such a Libra thing to say. You know, how can we stay peaceful during the holidays? Uh, but as this podcast episode is coming out, we are in the midst of eclipse season. And that seems really scary. I'm sure if you're into astrology, if you're into all of the woo woo, you've seen a lot about eclipse season. This happens several times a year, usually twice a year. And we we have a new moon and a full moon. The new moon is the solar eclipse. The full moon is the lunar eclipse. Normally when we talk about new moons and full moons, we're talking about manifestation and ritual and gratitude and all these things. But that all goes out the window during eclipse season. And it's more just like, take your hands off the wheel. You're just along for the ride. This eclipse season feels very powerful. It's happening on the Taurus-Scorpio axis. And Scorpio, as we're in Scorpio season, is the sign of death and rebirth. So this eclipse season feels especially transformative. And as you're listening to this, you might have already experienced parts of yourself, parts of your live, life falling away Um after the scorpio solar eclipse that happened on october 25th that's happening on the south node as we've been talking so much about the north and south node the south node is in scorpio right now the north node is in taurus and this is referred to by some astrologers as the life and death axis death being scorpio life being taurus so a lot is transforming right now and We have the Taurus lunar eclipse coming up and it is packing a punch. So a lunar eclipse happens when the earth is directly between the sun and the moon and we see the earth's shadow on the moon. So from a spiritual standpoint, as we see the earth's shadow, we become aware of our own shadows. But when we talk on a broader basis, eclipses happen, you know, in moon cycles. So we can look back to middle of May when the Scorpio lunar eclipse was, and there was a Taurus solar eclipse right around the same time, two weeks, uh, I believe, before that. So right around the beginning, middle of May, what was changing? Maybe what did you set into motion then? Some things could be completed or even the past year cycle, because these eclipses, this eclipse axis uh, really was set into motion a year ago. So there's a lot that's transformed as we head towards this lunar eclipse that we can Start to appreciate, look back on, give gratitude for, or just make sense of at this point. But what's really wild about this Taurus lunar eclipse is that it's going to be conjunct Mercury. So the moon will be conjunct Mercury in Scorpio, and the sun will be conjunct Uranus, or excuse me, opposite. The moon will be conjunct Uranus and Taurus, the sun will be conjunct Mercury in Scorpio. Also, all of this is squaring Saturn. So everybody listening is probably like, okay, well, what does that mean? That's a lot of information you're throwing at me. I totally get it. It's it, you, We're kind of getting in the weeds here. But essentially, this is super transformative. Um, there's going to be a lot of big lessons that we're understanding as the this Saturn-Uranus square is kind of completing this cycle that we've been in over the past two years that's been a really big theme we've been tracking and we could have some really big insights come through some really big changes happening as well with the sun conjunct uranus Uranus is the planet uranus is the planet of rebellion of disruption of quick changes so
1: okay hold on (laughs) quick question so we talked about the the new moon is october 25th yeah. And then the full moon eclipse, didn't you say it's around election day? Yes. 11, eight
2: on so like,
1: eight. okay. So like all of this disruption and all of these squares that you're talking about, like in, in astrology is a square, like a challenge when, when planets square each other, are they kind of going head to head and like, Going to, are they going to balance each other out or are they going to cause disruptions and possibly discomfort from our lens?
2: I would say rather than thinking of a square as two planets going head to head, um, I've heard it described as getting T boned, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's like a perpendicular 90 degree angle. Um, So it it's like forcing change. It's kind of forcing us to see something, and it's definitely uncomfortable. But it can create changes. It can create action. You know, kind of push us in a direction. Um, so and this then is all
1: happening uh, November eighth.
2: This is all happening on election day. So I would imagine. You know, even before we get into the holidays, we're gonna feel tension okay. for sure around election day. I mean, I think that's given, regardless. <laughs> Just in in this day and age, that's kind of given what what's gonna happen. You know, um, but yeah, it's going this eclipse season in general, and I think especially this Taurus lunar eclipse is a moment mm. of intense transformation and where we can kind of appreciate how much we've grown and how much has already changed but also we could see some big disruptions not even just in our country but globally that set a new cycle into motion Taurus is all about uh physical changes and growth Mm -hmm. and the earth so it could even be that we have some wild weather events happening in places of the world during this lunar eclipse uh so The best way to, at least for the eclipse energy, to kind of prepare yourself for it is to expect the unexpected, to just not try to prepare for anything at all and just be open to whatever unfolds, whatever changes are happening and to trust because eclipses happen on the North and South nodes, which we've talked a lot about. These are known as the nodes of fate. So whatever is happening, whatever changes Mm. or challenges you're facing during the eclipses, are fated they are destined for us all to face and you can almost think of this really transformative scorpio season that we're in as this opportunity for a redirection or a rebirth and Mm. like i said when we talked about the solar eclipse whatever is falling away at the end of october is not meant for you and you can almost think of it as making space For something new to be born or to grow. So if intense changes are happening, it's really creating this fertile ground for something to grow and manifest into the new year uh, and into the next cycle.
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. So any breakups, losses in jobs, if you if you don't, if the big deal falls through, you have to have that mantra of like what's meant for you will never pass you by. And if it passes you by, it's because it really wasn't meant for you. And always remember this or something better. Okay, yes. friends.
2: Yes. <laughs> and thank you for showing me what's not meant for me. Like, thank you for clearing this from my life. Even mm. though it feels painful right now, I know something better is coming. I trust that something better is coming uh you know it's it seems like a very esoteric solution (laughs) to get you know being grounded and like you said trying to be harmonious but there will be a period I think as we move into Sagittarius season that feels a lot lighter Mm. so if Scorpio season is feeling really heavy for you um you know mars is stationing retrograde as well during scorpio season so really through the end of the year we're going to be reviewing a lot of our motivations what we really want what our true desires are and that could coincide with whatever's falling away or whatever opportunities and changes are presenting themselves it could have you really thinking back on like what do i really want so that's a great question to come back to throughout the end of the year you know regardless of what's happening individually with you and your chart in your life um and so
1: So, sorry to interrupt you but you said something really significant about how mars is going retrograde till the end of the year and i mean i feel like it's kind of mainstream common knowledge we've all heard about mercury retrograde and everyone watch out your your communication transportation planet is going down you know so you we kind of know what to expect when mercury's retrograde but i feel like mars retrograde This is a new concept for a lot of people. And you just said that it's Mars is going to be retrograde from like now when this, this is airing around like the beginning of November. So Mm -hmm. Mars is retrograde till the end of 2022. Yes. I think that's really, and I'm already kind of feeling this energy. Like we're talking about, like, we're just like reanalyzing, like, okay, like where we are, like, do we love this location? Are we going to set, put roots in the ground where we live? For our family, or are we going to explore other options? I mean, that's, these questions are just starting to come up for us, which is interesting um, because it seems like a very Mars retrograde conversation. Could you just explain that a little bit more like what that means and when it goes retrograde?
2: Absolutely. So Mars stations retrograde, which is when the station is the point when, again, planets don't move backwards, but because of our orbits Uh, you know, we won't get into the weeds of the science of it all. It appears to be moving backwards. Like if we were to track the planets in the night sky, it's going to look like it's moving backwards for us. Mm
0: -hmm. So
2: this happens on October 30th. So the Sunday before Halloween and Mars will be retrograde through January 12th.
0: Are you looking for help on your path to healing?